and when I'm feeling really sad about these uh, these things, it's uh, it's not for me to cope with myself. Like uh, I can tell you a a personal story now is that I. Uh, um, yeah, I'm getting a bit touched about it now. But yesterday, actually, I was sitting on my bench, and I was, uh, I was really, I was really sad yesterday, actually, in the in the evening because of this with uh, with alcoholism. And um, here with you, and, man. Uh, yeah, thank you, Kader. And and I think it sucks so much because I know that this drug, which it is, it destroys many families and. Uh, many people and regardless all the likes on my instagram or my life and all the so so the good people i have in my life uh life is so tough as well it is it is i i know my life so many ways but it's uh it's so tough sometimes and to to sit alone then in an apartment and cope with all those things i um i don't believe in that that was the voice of staffan taylor And today we have a very emotional and very inspirational episode ahead of us. As you're going to hear in his own words, Staffan is a professional dreamer. My name is Kalle Flodin and you're listening to My True North. It's a podcast where I sit down with a fascinating individual who's been following their inner compass. And in today's episode, Staffan is bringing you along and telling you what his inner compass is about and also how he found it. If you'd like to listen to my podcast and want to keep it going, there's a very easy way to do that. And that's by heading over to Patreon and signing up there. And you can choose whatever amount you want to support with. It could be $1 or 5 Because the reality is, without the support of my Patreons, I would have to go back to a normal job. And there wouldn't be any more podcast episodes or YouTube videos for that matter. So if you want to support me, the podcast and my YouTube channel, Patreon is the perfect place. You can find a link down in the description, or you can just search patreon.com slash Kalle Flodin. Okay, let's roll the episode. Then I say hi and welcome to Staffan Taylor. Thank you, Kalle Florin, and I say hi from Staffan Taylor. <laughs> Good to have you here. For the people listening, nice you here. might nice introduce here. yourself a bit. Absolutely. I always say uh, when I go on mingles in Sweden that that's the absolute most difficult question always when I get it. But if I will describe myself in some way, I I call myself a professional dreamer, professional dreamer. And uh, one time when I said it actually at an uh, at an event in Sweden one year ago, I uh, and as you can understand, I am from Sweden, maybe figure it out on my Swinglish uh, and so. Uh, and I was at an event in Sweden and I present myself as a professional dreamer to this lovely lady. She was around 40 years old and uh, she looked at me and answered, okay, so you're unemployed, she said with a quite <laughs> harsh uh, yeah. But my, my professional dreamer comes from that I meet a lot of people who have stopped dreaming and stopped believing. And I was one of that person back in the good old times when I had a lot of doubt and I was living more in fear than in hope. And uh, thanks to a lot of other beautiful people, I've been living many years in the sense of spreading hopefulness and joy and uh, letting dreams be bigger than fears. So in a, in a short way, answering is that I believe in the kindness in others and uh, the dreams for me is a synonym of hope, like to believe in a future that doesn't exist yet, I would say. That's beautifully put. I thought we would rewind the tape a bit and go back one year in the timeline where I actually found you the very first time. I was scrolling through YouTube and just like, you know, like you always do, just scroll through YouTube trying to find something. And then I saw a new video from an account called Yes Theory. And the title was something like 72 hours to trade lives with a stranger or something like that. Yes, yes. And then Thomas, that was one of, or is one of the 
Yes Theory members was in Stockholm, and his assignment was to find a Swedish person to trade lives that will be that will be will, willing to trade lives with an American for 72 hours. And Thomas did a whole speech before he went out on the streets and trying to search for someone. Swedish people are very reserved. They don't really try, like to talk to strangers and made a, a whole speech about it. And then he said to the camera, like, okay, uh, let's go out and at least try to find someone and be willing to go to the US in just a few days. And then he walked uh, just a couple of meters and then he saw you there. And what happened next? <laughs> Yes, I'm closing my eyes now. I'm just joining into your story here because it's even though I've seen it a couple of times, I've thought about it a thousand of times. I've spoken with a bit of people. It's still one of the most grateful moments ever in my life because, because what happened in that moment was that my, I would say, my whole history unfolded in one, in one, in one moment. And, and I met a uh, I met uh, I met Thomas uh, uh, yesterday as well. He's in uh, Sweden right now, and, and 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 we spoke about this moment once again. And we were at the spot where we met, like because what happened in this moment was that he said, "Hello, uh, <laughs> would you like to uh, swap life with someone in Texas during seventy-two hours? If you say yes, we're going to put you in a plane right now and send you to America." And I was just on my way home. I was going to take a power nap. <laughs> I was going to go home to my co-living house. I was living with 50 beautiful people at the time in an amazing co-living house and that's something I recommend to so many people to actually try out if you haven't done or so but that's a side topic but uh, I was on my way home to my house and um, he asked me this question and in my entire body just screamed uh, yes and I said I'm a professional dreamer I'm going to America and 5% of me was thinking maybe he's uh, just uh, kidding with me now or he's just want to make fun of me or something and I told him this yesterday again and we spoke about it that that sometimes uh, people yeah, can't believe that these things can happen, but uh, it did, and I, w- I was super happy. And uh, I said yes, and we went home, and we packed the bag, and we applied for Esta visa, and uh, we booked a flight. And I was in a taxi with a uh, with the editor, lead editor. I said, "Hello, what's your name again?" And he said his name was Thomas <laughs> as well. And my name is Tommy. And I was like, "Nice to meet you, Tommy. Let's <laughs> go to America." And it was a seventy-two hours uh, beautiful trip. Uh, yeah, it's such an insane story. Like you just said, it's like. What are those things you're just looking around for hidden cameras? It's like this, is it just a prank or what's what's going on? Because I would totally say yes to something like that as well. But a big part of me would at the same time feel just like you did. This have to be a prank somehow. Is someone willing to actually do this or what's the catch? Because, and the funny thing is that most people actually, I know that this from watching a lot of Yes Theory, a lot of people say no as well because they feel like, ah, that's too inconvenient. No, that doesn't fit my schedule. But what mm-hmm. was it inside of you that made you say yes? It, it, it took 10 hours, actually, uh, when they were in Texas to find someone to say yes. 10 hours, my lady yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> and I don't want to put me on some pedestal, etc. It was just that it describes what you're, you're, you're saying, Kalle, that it, it can take so many hours sometimes before someone says yes. And for me, uh, it is, uh, as I said in the video as well, I said it was his uh, kind eyes <laughs> because uh, Tommy, the lead editor, had a camera. He was smiling so much and he was so good energy. And and, uh, and there is this quote says that your vibe attract your tribe, uh, as we said before uh, this recording started as well, Kalle. And, and I believe that in so much that uh, what you're vibrating and sending out uh, is 
is, is coming back to you. And I have this quote which I say in Sweden, skicka du pepp, får du pepp tillbaka, which is in English, <laughs> do you send encouragement, encouragement comes back. And I do a lot of public speaking in, in Sweden and in, in other countries as well to give you a context of what I'm doing and, and answering your questions from before. So I do a lot of public speaking, I do summer programs for high school students to increase self-esteem and create friendships with young people. We've been doing this for 10 years and uh, and that's that's the world I've been running and doing and not as uh, forgiven and it's not been easy and I can of course share my story how I came here uh, but that's what I've been doing to today and uh, yeah so I say this uh, mantra what you send out you 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 get back and then um, and, uh, and yeah, so for me to say yes and that that part is that I did feel I had really good energy, but also I've been doing a lonely ride for many years in the sense of feeling alone, uh, feeling uh, bullied in many times, which I share in my speeches, feeling out of the normal, feeling odd. Uh, I remember when I graduated from from high school, uh, it was some people they were putting on quotes on Facebook and Twitter saying like, putting some of the quotes I started to find out when I was younger, because that was the start of my life, that I found one person who believed in me. Uh, and he said the words, I believe in you, which technically changed, changed the way. Uh, it was the start of changing the way of how I saw of myself. And, um, and I started to read books about, um, how we see ourselves and uh, the, the, the plants we see this is what's growing or something like that i can't even remember the quotes but i was reading all kind of quotes like and if you if, if, if you uh, some people say you need to see it to believe it and if the quote was like you need to you need to believe it to see it and i started to put all this and foster my mind and my body and my spirit with all these quotes and the more i did it i started to share it on facebook and things and people were like oh my god what a jerk or what a nerd and who do things he is etc etc and and um and now when I think about it, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling in a sense of all the quotes and all the love I felt for like what a world is opening up for me. I'm 19 years old and there are all positive people out there. And at the same time, it started to hurt a lot uh, because another quote I read was hurt people hurt. I don't know if you heard it before, guys listening now, but hurt people hurt. People who are hurt, they hurt. And in Sweden, we call them Vashtingal. Uh, Vashtingal is the people who are the worst people. And, uh, and a little lady to a friend of mine, she's 75. She always said that the worst people are always the people who had it worst as well. That's why they call the worst people, because they had it as worst. And uh, it was not easy to know that and understand it than when I was young. So uh, many moments has been uh, struggling and, uh, and, and figuring out where to find these people who are the light barriers and the people who say yes and invite you instead of say no and dislike you. And um, this Lou uh, is one of them. Her, she's 75 years old this woman I'm referring to and she's been putting in words into my body mind and, and how you say spirit if I use that word and has helped me uh, become uh, a person who likes inspiration if we want to play with that word it's in spirit inspiration <laughs> that's why I like <laughs> dreams and inspiration of things and when people say you're so fluffy stuff and you need to be motivation and goals and result and so on and i say no 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 it's inspiration it's dreams out there and and so but <laughs> but yeah you see you got me you got me going now here so i <laughs> I, I i can feel more confidence and trust in in believing in that today but when i was young i was i was i was stuck in this world in the sense of uh, being in the norm and as soon as you're out that norm it's um, it's uh, it's uh, it's not okay, and then it's more hard to to cope with life and reality, which I believe 
you've been uh, experiencing as well, Kalle, as I've been reading your story, and I just want to take a moment as well to say again, thank you for all the all the magic you're spreading. I'm, I will repeat that, and and I think you're doing it in a such amazing way for opening up doors for for everyone and uh, and uh, for us to look at you doing your doing your road of living living your life. I just want to say, like, I I totally agree with you with the what you said about like the um, the vestingarna that they're. I think for my way of looking at it, it's the people that um, are in the hate comments that they like to do those things. I actually did a whole episode, not the whole episode, but a whole part of a podcast episode a few days ago where I talked about who are the people behind those hate comments. And I always Mm -hmm. try to think of like, yeah, they've probably been through a lot, but it's also up to me to not Mm -hmm. focus on those. Like it's up to me not to listen to those comments and I can choose to listen to the more post positive ones. I've had a lot of friends, including my family as well, that really, really loves to listen and watch the news. And I absolutely hate that because news for me, at least generally speaking is mostly negativity Mm. and I don't get anything out of watching negative news. The first thing I do when I wake up or the last thing I watch before I go to bed and it's like, mm. if I choose to look at news or if I choose to listen to hate comments, of course, I'm going to attract the wrong kind of vibes, the wrong frequency into my life. So it's up to mm. us to actually choose the people and the surroundings. And even if it's like the cabin in the forest or an apartment in Stockholm, it's up to us to make that to a safe and positive environment actively. Mm. Actively, actively, and understand that we are the one creating it and making it happen. What we want to put on and put off, or invite or not invite, etc. And when I realized that when I was when I was young, thanks to these these people saying these words, then I then then it started to to open up. So I totally totally agree with you, Kalle. But we can we can choose, we can choose. And even if you live in a co living house, like. Uh, like I was living in a co-living house in uh, Los Angeles with 100 people. And yeah, believe a lot me, of some, some of them, I'm thankful I never meet again. Oh boy, they were <laughs> annoying. <laughs> and some of them, they were amazing. And I'm forever grateful that they will be my BFFFs friends forever. So it's like, it's like, it's like, it's not that it's a fairy tale and it's all uh, uh, pink elephants and all, everything is beautiful. You still have to make the decision and, and, and reflect upon things like that. I, I truly believe. And, and so, but that you have the short to actually choose and it's it's a power in that power of saying yes as yes very says but also the power of saying no to what you don't want to say say yes to and i like to do this with my hand i like to think of the hand like on the on the front of the hand if you look on your hand the person who's listening right now or if you can imagine it if you're a person not not seeing that in the front of your hand you can you can imagine that it says no and on the back of your hand it says yes so every time you say no to something you can put your hand like to say no and it's mm. the front of your hand will say no, and the back hand will say yes to yourself. You say no to something and yes to ah, yourself. That's clever. I don't know if people like it, but I love it. Like I think to say like that. So if I say yes to myself now, stuff, and I said yes to myself. <laughs> I'm taking my lonely time tonight. I'm not doing this event. I'm actually just taking care of myself. <laughs> I think that's so important to say no because I heard that from a group or two friends that is called the Minimalists a few years ago. They had like either you have. You have the option when you get a question, like, do you want to hang out tonight? Or do you want to go to this event tonight or whatever? Either it should be no, or it should be hell yeah. If it's Mm. something in between, you have to sort it out. Like either I really, really do want to do this thing or I don't. Because if it's like, oh, yeah, Mm. maybe it could be fun if I go there and something would happen. 
No, just say no if you don't feel like it, because it's so socially pressured, I feel, these, these days, that we should, should say yes and be positive and like, oh, of course, of course I'll come. I'll skip my schedule and go to this event with you instead of like, no, I need alone time. I need to lay in my couch, watch, next, watch Netflix for eight hours and don't leave bed at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And that has to be okay as well. Where so, would you uh, be if you didn't say yes to Thomas there on the streets of Stockholm? Hopefully, I would be at some beautiful place as well. I believe because I I try to I I try to not think uh, what if or 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 so. But it's a good question. It's a good question in the sense of how grateful I am that I said yes. And and uh, to to come to your question, like uh, why I said yes. So 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 I don't know. I would hope I would be in a good place as as with you or somewhere else with good people because it was good people I was really missing uh, in the sense of having it in an overload. I had good friends. I was improving it, but this bulliers was still in some way uh, coming now and then, and I was st- still not acknowledged in the sense I am I'm now I am now and I say it with all humble as I try to say like it's to understand it correctly guys but I mean I've been just trying to put my words out there and I as I said in this YouTube video I say one time that my big dream is to put the words out there to spread kindness and to be nice to one each other and it felt like this was the moment to actually say it because I understood it was going to be seen by many people I think it's soon up to almost like four million people or something that I see yeah it's but a shitload of people yeah and when I was on uh, when I was on the street and Thomas asked me and he asked me why did I say uh, why did I say yes? An interesting feat with not many people know about. And I told Thomas the other day as well is that one week earlier, or like five days before, I was actually calling my sister and I started to cry a lot. Five days before I met the Yes Fury. And I said to my sister, uh, I feel really lonely in this world being a person spreading the words to be nice to one another. What's what's the wrong with it? Why do people see it as abnormal or something different? Or why can't it just be? And she was like, but what has happened? And I said, nothing has happened. I'm just so sad and I feel so lonely. And she's like, no, brother, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be sad. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be crying. And I know, but it's just how I, how I feel. And I was, oh, I was so, uh, it was just so. And then a couple of days later, this happened and uh, they said you want to go to the US and I said yes and I um, yeah I met so many beautiful people on this adventure and I had got to do a speech at Texas Austin University in this in this uh, in this episode and, and this was shown by many people and I got very touched in this move as well in uh, how I say in this episode where I'm where I'm saying at the end of the video I'm saying that uh, you guys will uh, uh, you guys will never make me feel uh, alone again. And uh, I get uh, I get touched when I think about it now, uh, <laughs> now again, uh, because it was, um, ah, gosh. And if anyone listening now, like now you're, you are not alone, like, but it's like the sense of loneliness. Gosh, I've been carrying it so many years in my life. And, and, um, and when you find your, when you are your vibe and attract your tribe, if you go to that quote again, for me, that really happened in that, in that moment, because I said to, to Matt, one of the guys from the yesterday episode and Tommy and Austin, that I will never feel alone again in this, in this sense, because they were so kind and they opened me with so much arms and I was so much myself during that entire video. And that's probably what people saw afterwards. I don't know, but I got so many beautiful comments afterwards, which was like, so, um, it was so nice. I don't think people need to get that much comments to understand that you're amazing. But, but for me, it was, it for me, it was like putting up the, 
you know, when you've been out, <laughs> I don't know, when you put up the water sink or something, pop, the water, yeah. I never described it like this before. <laughs> this is the first time I'm describing <laughs> like this. But you put up the pop, and then the water just like seeks, seeks in. Yeah. And, um, and since then, something changed within me. Of course, I can still have struggles. Of course, I still have problems in my life. But in the sense of feeling a sense of community and belong- belongingness, I'm forever grateful for Yesfir and everyone that uh, that uh, that met me in that sense and that led me to this moment as well. So, yeah. I think it's so important that we think of community that way because like way back in time, like we used to live in more tribe-based uh, culture. But now we, we feel very connected to everyone, you know, like with social media and getting mm. to know each other like through Zoom or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we're not really, really connecting and not really, really having that tribe feeling. We get, we get likes and we get comments, but that, that's not the same thing as being a part of a family or a genuine tribe, I feel like. And looking at you in that video, it felt like you almost found your home. It's like, ah, <laughs> here mm-hmm. is where I belong. Mm-hmm. And that's such a refreshing feeling to look at. Same thing for me in the cabin. It's like, I had no, like, I, I physically had a home in Stockholm, of course, but I didn't feel at home. That was the biggest difference. I had mm. a physical home, a roof over my head. I had a salary, but I didn't feel at home at all. It was not my place to be. Uh, I don't mm. have an enormous tribe up here in the forest, but the friends I got today is the ones I really want to surround myself with. There are fewer mm. people, but they're way mm. more important, and they are a true influence of who I am today. Thank you for sharing, Kalle. And I think putting that, put it lighter as well, that it's fewer people, but it's feel more at home as well. And that, that's what I meant with this video, that, that it, of course, nice that many people wrote, but it was not amount in, it was not the amount of it. It was the sense of it that people saying, you're okay to be Kalle, you're okay to be Staffan, and you are listening, you're okay to be you, and we love you for who you are and not for what you do or for what you present then. And so on. And I think that we are so stuck so many times in the perception of what we are doing and what we're achieving and what we are presenting and and so on. And I actually have this rule for myself that I never ask people what they do. I have not asked anyone what they do for four years now, actually. <laughs> four years while I know in counting. And and uh, and then of course I love to speak work sometimes or business or people are up to or so, but the more sense of what people yeah, what people uh, what people like or appreciate or what they what they more in the sense of what they are and I, when i said this to a woman actually the, a couple of days ago i met my good friend's mama i never met her before and she was uh, joining his friend here in stockholm and uh, and uh, we, i met her and she was like oh my god yeah my friend hello my son has talked about you and she was like so i was asking i never mind and that's nice to meet you and we start to talk about life and things like that and we went really deep about life and we were like taking tears together how you say it was like deep moments and uh, then i told like um, I actually never speak about what people do because this is so beautiful just to get to know you as a person so I don't know what you're doing or if even if you're doing something but what a beautiful person you are I said to her my friend's mother and she uh, she started to cry and she said uh, I am I have actually been um, uh, actually been been unemployed for a couple of years because I've been in a car accident and I'm not mm. able to work uh, and uh, uh, and this is first time in a long time I feel very normal in a conversation so I want to say Thank you for that. I I hate the question. What do you do? She said because of that because I never feel, I never feel normal. And this happened. I think it was uh, we can say first. It was in Sunday. It was four days ago. I met uh, this beautiful beautiful woman. So shout out to you, Mama David, Mama David. And uh, I think we should bond even more by that. So um, 
Så ja, så Kalle, don't ask me to present myself. I can't. I'm, I suck at it. I'm suck at it. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's a good. I started actually thinking the same way a couple of years ago when I started to hate my job because I started mm. to hate the question, like, what do you do for a living? But I got embarrassed actually telling mm. people what I did for a living. Um, mm. And instead of just asking what people do for a living, you can rephrase the question. What are you passionate about? Um, and mm. it's that opens up a way more interesting door than asking people what they do for a living. But at the same time, I can feel it's a bit sad that so many people are at workplaces or in a line of work that they don't feel passion or inspired in. I agree. I agree on that sense as well. Yeah, So many people doing things they don't appreciate or so. And um, yeah, but hopefully some parts are doing it, which they appreciate. But I totally agree on, on that one. It, I like the idea to move it to what people are passionate about. And I know what you're standing for. I'm just joking for and I think everyone knows that. I know when the thing I said, not asking what I what to do, but in the sense of what we uh, what we find joyful to give to others and what you are doing to others, giving all this inspiration and so on. On, on that topic, what, what we are giving, I think that's a beautiful beautiful thing to look at as well. And, and, and a common question for people who are parents maybe or have family members or friends and so people maybe ask their, or ask their children, what have, you, what, have you, what have you done today? Or you ask them, what have you done today? Like, what have you done today? And, and the children say, oh, but I've done the maths, etc. I've done the mathematics, geography, and English, maybe. Uh, but they can maybe exchange it and say, what have you done for others today? What have you done for others today? And then it can be more, no, but I was kind to Clara, and I was nice, nice to uh, uh, Mohammed, and I was kind to, to Ali here, and also to Emma. So that's, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've done today. For I don't know, but there's something, there is something in, in, in the distraction of us, I think, when we are in, in the being and in the doing, like, and it's also called human beings and not human doings, if we shall play with the words now. now <laughs> yeah, again. exactly. Since you are a professional dreamer and you talk to a lot of people, both like one-to-one and even on stages as well, what is the most, how should I phrase this? I guess people come with, to you with a lot of questions afterwards, or if even if it's in the audience or afterwards on social media and stuff. What are the most common questions that you get? What if I don't know what I'm dreaming about? Something like that. Mm. People often get surprised what I answer in that sense. And, uh, and that goes back to what I, what I said before of being in the present and being in the moment. And when some people ask me, what are your biggest dreams? And my biggest dreams is to be present in the moment and open for opportunities that comes to me. Because I like to describe it to live either with a map or with a compass. Living with a map is like, imagine you're having a map over New York, but you are in Los Angeles. It's quite hard to navigate around <laughs> New York then because yeah, you are in Los true. Angeles trying to find the rules and streets. It's impossible. Uh, but if you ha- have a compass, you can navigate yourself wherever you are. You can be in the forest with Calais. You can be in Stockholm. You can be in New York. You can be anywhere. You can have your compass and go around. And if we compare that to life, if you have a map, and you decide that you're going to have three kids, you're going to have a partner in this sense, you're going to live in this city, you're going to have this house, you're going to have this car, you're going to have this airplane, maybe you're going to become Elon Musk or Michelle Obama, or you create like your extremely professional dream plan of what you want to do and achieve, etc., etc. What's happening then is that the likelihood for this to happen, I believe, is very, very, very low. Uh, what I also believe is that chances for many, many other opportunities to come to you are quite big. For an example, that someone can come up to you and 
ask you to swap life. That's an extreme case, maybe. But it can also be a beautiful girl or man or something non-defining wanting to meet you and saying, like, I, I would love to do this with you. And, and you open up for something amazing, beautiful. But if you're stuck in your map and you're like, I'm focused, I'm dedicated, I'm not letting go of my plan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for me. Sorry for me. I'm just making it dramatic I love it. now. We- we need some intense uh, music as well from Hans yeah. Zimmer. And then, we're, <laughs> then, we, then we got it. Then you will be like so dedicated on the results. So, and I'm, I'm saying it again, definitely. Sorry, it's not my intent to mock anyone when I'm doing this. But it's just that I think the world is living so hard in this goals and motivation and follow it and don't sleep just repeat and maybe eat and then yeah. and then you go for it <laughs> and 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 if you can live the world as Bjorn Nattigur Lindeblad a friend of mine who is like a he was a bodysman for 17 years years he said live your life with an open hand instead of a closed fist yeah. and i love that way of saying it and he also said for quoting him again, his friend said, Bjorn, what is your business plan now when you're going to run your own business? Tell us your business plan. And he said, my business plan is to go through those doors that opens up for me. And I love that way of yeah. seeing it as well. I love so, Bjorn as well. He's one of my biggest role models in life. Like He's such here. a cool mm-hmm. person. I've been to same one of his here. lectures and listened to I think every single podcast episode he's done and the uh, online lectures and meditations and it's just so soothing and not like uh, we call it skitnördigt in Swedish. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he's not trying too much. He's very, very funny at the same time. Uh, yes. And he's very good at both talking and in writing and mm. genius writer as well. Um, so if, you have, if you're a Swedish person, haven't looked him up yet, please do that. Please do so. Björn Nattigol in the blog. And I think it's out in English soon as well. His new his new book he released, which is uh, yeah. which is beautiful. So just type his name or uh, or so. So um so so if you compare that to the compass on the map, the compass it's not that it's totally empty, but the compass you can put in. How do you want to feel? What are your values? If your values is that you need to or that you want to meet, uh, including people, welcoming people, kind people, then you can look for that in your campus. So when I met Yesfir, I could see, wow, they see it as kind people. They see it as open people. It was not it was not that I took up my campus literally. And I was like, hmm, navigating, looking at Thomas Ice. And yeah, he looks kind. And his smile <laughs> is kind. It's like the compass is inside, but you can you can you can fill it with it whatever you want to. But I also encourage you to write down your compass and write down things as what are your top five values you can do different value exercises or what are your top feelings you want to feel during the year so what kind of people do you want to surround yourself with what kind of what well, i call them negodiles negative crocodiles <laughs> energy <laughs> trainers do you don't want to associate with you and uh, when i associate myself and uh, are in contact with people who make me smaller I become smaller when people say yeah, stuff. You're, you're a, you're, you suck. I become smaller. Like, I, I'm not immune. I have beautiful pictures on my Instagram, and I stand in beautiful uh, uh, places and and speak. But I always, uh, when I get the microphones, I'm doing now. Now I'm telling people, I'm scared. I'm afraid of those words. I'm, I'm, I. Uh, it hurts. It makes me super sad. And um, and how to cope with it is that. Uh, talk with friends if it happens how i cope with it is to um disconnect from it and how i cope with it is to choose what i want to put in my compass and then uh, and then tag along with there and i do believe that if we try to live too much in the future we uh, we distance ourselves from it but i know other people are better than me talking about that but for me as as uh 
as a dreamer is to be in the moment is my uh, is my is my biggest biggest dream but i also think that even though you're like that's uh, the compass thing is very much internally i feel like but what you're putting out externally as well like how much you're smiling or looking up or you know like how you're putting yourself out physically to the world is equally important like I don't think Thomas and Thomas would have approached you on the street. Maybe if you were this, you know, closed down, grumpy man, maybe, uh, and you wouldn't mm-hmm. have said, said yes. Maybe if Thomas didn't have those kind eyes. So true. So true. I agree with you. I agree with you. What you send out comes back. If you wave to someone, if you wave to someone, I will wave to Kalle out there. I will wave Kalle waves back. <laughs> if you go out driving in the car and you point the finger to someone, then the likelihood for the finger to come back is quite big. So uh, what you send out, it comes back. That's why I like kids so much, because they are so like, they don't really care what the consequence is. If they see like a funny person or a good looking person or ugly person on the street, they will just like, hi, hi, and wave and be super happy and probably Mm -hmm. get a smile and wave back. Uh, But we as adults, like when I say adults, it's also like putting ourselves in a, a bit of a box, almost like when we're adults, we're supposed to be adults. We're not supposed to have fun. I did this thing <laughs> a couple of days ago. That's why I'm like, I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm moving a bit stiffly on camera right now. But mm-hmm. I, uh, a few weeks ago, I discovered a YouTube account called Storer. They're like seven dudes from uh, UK that do parkour. And I've been just, mm-hmm. you know, bench watching their videos because they have so good chemistry and supporting each other and having such a good time. Uh, and I've been feeling so sore in my body since I renovated my roof and having this lifestyle is quite demanding. And I was so embarrassed of like, I'm 33 and my back is hurting and I can't bend down the way I want to. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually looked up if there are some parkour, play- parkour places in like at least an hour or two away from here. And it was like one and a half hours away. There's like a full-on parkour arena. So I was like, oh, shit, okay, I'll go. Uh, And I went there. This is referring back to like acknowledging your inner child. So I went there, went into the arena, looked around and saw there was me and then maybe 60 kids. That was maximum 10 or 11 years old. I was like, okay, now I need to let go of my adult like perception of myself. And that was really, really tricky because I, my whole body just wanted to go out there and play and jump around and swing around. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, always looking around like, okay, what are people thinking? And there were some adults there just babysitting the kids, basically. They were not playing around. And I was more afraid of what the adults were thinking, not the kids, actually, because they were always smiling and jumping around. Mm-hmm. But the adults were always looking a bit like there's a man in the parkour arena with like baggy pants and a big beard. Um, is he supposed to be here? Shouldn't be he be at work or something adulty? Um, and that took me like thirty or forty minutes to get over. I just faked, stretched, it or faked. Um, yeah, you know, I walked around like trying to like, okay, ooh, this I need to just jump into this. And I was there for two and a half hours, and now I can't move my body because I'm <laughs> so sore because it was so fun playing around. When I actually let go and became my like small version or younger version of Khaled that was like allowed to play mm. physically. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Such relatable in the sense of looking around and looking for acceptance from someone else to be the kid we all want to be. So uh, totally relatable my, for me as well. If I really think about it, I think actually the adult looking at me, eh, this is maybe going to sound a bit egocentric, but I think the adults might have been thinking like, oh, 
maybe I should do that too. Or maybe mm-hmm. he, like, I wish he should be playing with my kid because most parents were just there hanging out in the arena, but they weren't with their kids. And the most of them were sitting in the cafeteria staring at their phones when they have a whole arena with just fun mm. and play and trampolines and, you know, mm. like a dream for a kid. But for some yeah. reason, adults are not like allowed, even though mm. they of course were. I hear you. I hear you. And, 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 the, and the words that can be outspoken out of those parents could maybe be that's, that's so ridiculous or whatever he's doing, but the words meaning behind his insecurity saying, I would love to do that as well. Why can't I do that? Because hurt people hurt if we like to believe that device. Yeah. So definitely there's this speaking about don't dim your lights. I like the way of seeing that. That mm, person, yeah. the person listening now and to Stefan Taylor and to Kelly Flodin, don't dim our lights. Like don't dim our lights and let your weird light shine so other weirdos know where to find you. I know you spoke about a bit before that you don't like to like plan so much ahead and think about the future and more think of it as like looking at like, oh, there's an open door. Let's go into that one. Mm-hmm. What would you like to be the next open door you would like to go through if you can mm. choose? I do like, like how we say to have goals to follow a, follow a budget. I like Excel, <laughs> believe it or not. I love Excel even. <laughs> so I don't think that has to be one or another. Like, and I love people who are really good at structure and planning and, and so on. Like, for example, if you're running a company or you're working inside of a company or you're doing a project or something like that, it's of course necessary in that sense. But if it looks like a big, big mission I'm on right now, like my biggest, one of the biggest missions I'm right now is that I want to rewrite the way how we live. So we are on the same mission in that same color, like opening up doors yeah. for, for new alternatives. Like, in, in Stockholm, Sweden, it's 58% of the people are living by themselves in ensam hushåll, we say. Really? 58%. So it's one of the, it's the biggest uh, uh, individualistic country in, in the world. So we're a really extreme country, actually, Sweden. But if you're listening from another country as well, this doesn't go for only Sweden. Definitely in the Western countries, it's more individualistic. In the more Middle East, uh, Northern, uh, Northern Africa, South of Europe, it's, uh, it's also a lot of, um, uh, it's a lot of uh, focus. You know the family culture. You live with your um, parents if uh, if if you're not married or you're not uh, working, etc. I'm having a being a big uh, giving a big overview. It's not this ex- exact, but in in a big overview, it's like this. Like my good one of my best friends, Charbel, he's he's uh, 35 years old and uh, and uh, single and not married, and, and so you can you can guess where he's uh, living. Yes, <laughs> he's living as mama, mama and papa, loving at mama, papa. Yeah, because because that's the culture. And, and so on. And I don't say that the either is more right or wrong because some thinks that he's crazy and some people are thinking that an 18-year-old is living by himself are crazy. But what I do see is that there's a lot of loneliness out there in the world. What I do see is there's a lot of people not feeling good. In Sweden, it's one million people doing antidepressive tabloids. It's, it's a lot of people taking sleeping pills, not being able to sleep. There's a lot of people who are Feeling not good in life. I meet many of these young people. They they cut themselves. They, they didn't want to live anymore. They have suicidal thoughts. They are uh, very lonely. They don't have any friends, etc., etc., etc. They're also on the level that many people do have a normal functional life with a work, uh, with either studies or something else, but they are not feeling happy or meaningfulness in their life. What I believe after living and co-living for four years with 50 people in Sweden and 100 people in the US in two different co-living houses is that it is life-changing. It changed my life. It changed many p- other people's lives. 
And uh, I believe in finding tribes, even though that you live with your friends or if you have a community that you surround yourself with. Maybe you're living by yourself, but you have a strong sense of community somewhere. Uh, but what I want to do now is to uh, to build this around Sweden, first of all, but also in other countries. And we're doing this with our with our team called called CoLive. So, so we have like 1,500 beds coming up. Like now it's almost sounds, sounds like I'm talk, selling it or talking about it. But it's like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's lovely to talk about. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you asked me like my mission, my, my how yeah, you say, yeah, of what, course. what doors I want to open up in. But like, I want, I just want this to explode. So when I'm on a Tinder date, I speak about co-living. <laughs> when I'm with my friends, I speak about co-living. When I speak with my family, I speak about co-living. So they always like stuff. And can't you speak about something else? <laughs> but the uh, jo- uh, jokes aside is that I love co-living and, and we're opening up. 1,500 beds in Sweden now, like around Sweden and so on. And this is super new. So people think it's, st- it's still opening up. It's coming in Los Angeles. It's common in San Francisco, in Amsterdam, in London, in other places. But I do want to change this to change the mental health, but also to straight, uh, strengthen strong communities. And it's not that people who are not feeling good is going to move into this house. It's not that what I mean. I mean, people who want to find a more sense of community, want to live by themselves, but at the same time with other people. And to be able to do this, we need a lot of structure. Of course, we need a lot of regulations and things like that. So just to clarify that, that that's super important as well to to have these parts. But in the sense of, in the sense of how it, this will be, I don't know. But I'd have in my compass that I want it to be open houses, kind houses, including houses. I want it to be inspiring houses. I want it to be a house for everyone to be there. The extroverts, the introverts, the more. Uh, analyzing people, the more reflecting people, like a big variety of people living in different types houses and uh, having their own life, but at the same time sharing shared spaces. So, uh, so that's my answer on the question. I wanna, I wanna rewrite how how we live in that sense and uh, and and so on, and then I'll continue speaking and inspiring and all these things. But uh, that's my that's my biggest project I'm, I'm working on. Yeah, that's so cool. Do you mind? I I think a lot of people, including myself, how does the co-living work? Do you have a separate apartment and then share like kitchen or what's the deal? Everyone has their own room. So you live in your own room. And uh, the idea is that everyone has their own bathroom as well. So you have like your own bathroom, your own room, and then you share spaces as a living room, as kitchen mm, okay as yeah. uh, office space as meditation room or chill out room you don't have to meditate you can just read a book in there but you can uh, go to the office space and work or study you can go to the to the courtyard uh, there's uh, yeah different facilities where you can uh, where you can uh, meet other co-livers and exchange ideas etc so the foundation is that you have your own room like your own space and that's technically your own own mini apartment you could say but in this in this mini apartment you're sharing a shared apartment to other people, and then there's a more shared apartment. So it's like sharing apartments together with other people. So we have now opened up the sweet, biggest complex in Sweden with with hundred people living in the same same house. So uh, that's uh, that's really yeah. cool. Yep. I, How did I you get started with it? Like when did you go from living alone and then just jumping into fifty people right away, or? Technically, almost. I, I grew up with the three uh, three siblings and mama and papa. Uh, so we were six people. That was almost a co-living in Helsingborg, <laughs> my hometown. <laughs> then I lived with myself for two years. And uh, without realizing, I didn't really enjoy it. I got bigger, bigger. Uh, sometimes I just locked myself in and stared at my mobile for seven hours. And I didn't do so much else. I can still, I'm still addicted to my mobile, unfortunately. I'm still working on it. Uh, but uh, today... Uh, 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 after living in co-living, it has more dragged me out to meet people and uh, go out and do other things. And like, it's, 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 it's helped me of not 
falling down the black hole with myself for a too long time, which I've been doing so many times in an apartment with myself. So, so, so and then I went to Almelarsveken at Gotland and I went to Gotland for some people may know about it. And I was standing in a garden and I, I had this event, talk show event, and, uh, and I was standing in a garden and I was just looking up the <laughs> sky or I was just talking and how making this so dramatic now, but I was just standing there in the garden. And then uh, this girl came up to me and she said, hi, are you standing here? I was like, yeah, I, 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 have, I, have, I have it hard time to mingle sometimes because I don't like the questions, what do you do? I actually said to her, <laughs> <laughs> and she said, and we started to talk and um, and she said, we're going to open up a co-living house in, uh, in, in Stockholm with 50 people. Like, uh, would you like, would, would you like, like move in? I was like, oh, what? 50 people? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I, I can give it a try. I have no idea what it is, but let's do it. And uh, two months later, I lived in this, lived in this co-living house and it was newly open and, and it was amazing. So it just came as a door as I opened into. And, and that's regarding back to the, to the, to the, to the map and the compass. It's hard for me to put in a, in a structured map that when I grew up, I'm going to be in a, I'm going to be in a co-living house. I didn't know about it, but I did know that I liked open people and kind people. And this worked out super well for me. So, and it, and it changed my life in, 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 in many ways. So, um, yeah. And, and, and I have been living with people like, which are really annoy as well. I said it before I would say, it again. <laughs> yeah, so they will always be there. There will always be learnings and things like that, but I've been thankful for the, been practicing me in acceptance and things like this like for sure 100 and i love them in, in 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 many ways as well but it's important for me as well for you who are listening that i'm not just sitting here and saying it's it's amazing it, it is <laughs> but it's also challenging and you're growing as a person and you're meeting different sides of yourself and you're expanding the way you see in yourself and other people i would say in an in an uh, in an in an in an in an amazing way in an amazing way because you're living with other people yeah I don't think you're going to develop that much if you're living by yourself. I know that from my, my own <laughs> reference, living in the cabin alone for a long time. I listened to all the health, health books, uh, listened to podcasts, you know, felt so, I don't want to say enlightened, but like, okay, now I got this. I, I know who I am. Mm. I know who I want. I can control my anger. I can control my annoyance or everything ar around that subject. And then Christina moved in and I realized, shit, I have nothing under control. Um, mm -hmm. I still get jealous. <laughs> I still get pissed off. I still get... Yeah, you know, like a human being. Mm. Uh, it's so fascinating. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have gotten to that place I am today without her because she dragged that out of me. I couldn't have experienced that anger or frustration or sadness or whatever without her, like, poking me a bit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure, 100%. It's uh, part of the journey. And journey. can we learn to uh, tag along on that journey with other people? That's, uh, I think that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I would see that would like to see that even more at workplaces etc people sharing when it's up when it's downs you really don't know like when people are not good at the at the workplace or or so no. some people have it but uh, in a co-living house for sure you will notice and uh, feel on your housemates or they will feel on you if if something popping which is um, hard in life and the beauty is when you can actually share that and say that uh, right now um, it's quite tough to cope with this because I just got dismissed from my partner uh, and people can help each other out or people can share that it's, it's Valentine's coming up. Uh, I don't like this. Uh, can we have a single dinner? Yes. 40 people having a single dinner <laughs> together. Yeah. Or if, or if it's something, something else that you can cope with it. And, and uh, I remember one time I did a speech uh, 
it went so bad. Oh my God, don't remind me. But it went really, 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 really bad. I didn't, I didn't like it. It was like, it was bad. And I went with a bad feeling. I took the train back to Stockholm and I plinged the door and I came onto the cooling house. I was really low on energy. I was feeling sad. I was feeling the worst person ever on this planet. And then um, and then I told my friend, like, it went, it went really bad today. I, 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 I was not happy. I thought it was going to be a major success. And this person was like, come on man it was just a speech you're still the same person and you always say this you can fail what you do but not with who you are come here give me a hug yeah <laughs> he gave me a hug and I was, yeah that's true that's true yeah that's true yeah and then it became so good and i tell you that if i would walk into my lonely apartment then because i thought about this many times just this specific moment i, I wonder what would happen probably a lot of distraction probably a lot of mobile probably a lot of sadness which is okay to feel sad, but a lot of coping it with myself. And I don't think we are built to do that in the sense of sitting in a box with four walls, maybe white painting, and then a silence that's stronger than, 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 than I don't know what, like sitting there. And many times I've been thinking, is it wrong with me? Is is it that I can't cope with myself? Is it that I need to learn to meditate more? Is it that I need to be a better person handling my feelings? Is it that the books I read didn't teach me enough to cope with life? But my belief is that I am very weak by myself many times. Uh, many times I'm very strong as well by myself in finding strength I know I didn't have. But uh, many times I uh, used to realize as I'm thinking I'm realizing in this moment as well that I'm I'm nothing without Kalle Flodin and the people listening and the friends who help me when I'm when I'm sad or when I have to cope with alcoholism that is within my family and I was not planning to say that but now I'm sharing it anyway and and when I'm feeling really sad about these uh, these things it's uh, it's not for me to cope with myself like uh, I can tell you uh a personal story now is that I, uh, um, yeah, I'm getting a bit touched about it now. But yesterday, actually, I was sitting on a bench and I was, uh, I was really, I was really sad yesterday, actually, in the in the evening because of this with uh, with alcoholism. And um, here with you, and, man. Uh, yeah, thank you, Kader. And and I think it sucks so much because I know that this drug, which it is, it destroys many families and. Uh, many people and regardless all the likes on my Instagram or my life and all the so so the good people I have in my life uh, life is so tough as well it is it is I I love my life so many ways but it's uh, it's so tough sometimes and to to sit alone then in an apartment and cope with all those things I um, I don't believe in that so um, I want to say to you who are feeling sadness which i'm feeling right now in this moment it's 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 feels now thank you Kalle, for looking me into the eyes now when we have this video on as well and and so on and knowing that people is listening now that it's in some way to understand that life life is beautiful i do so many amazing things but it's also it's also tough sometimes and it's also tough sometimes and for me one of my biggest battle is this with a relative having alcoholism and it's it's it takes me so hard sometimes and i believe in not carrying that by yourself and and to sharing it and 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 yesterday i did that i i called a friend and said this 
this sucks and we talked about it and we had to go to the things like what do we need to accept with it what can we change what can we not change and yeah then i then i go on but it's we're not wired and we're not built to do it by yourself but the society tells us that you can do it and if you're not doing it you're weak especially if you're a man especially yeah, if you're exactly. a man don't don't show your feelings but you're yes, such a girl you're, yeah you're such a girl yeah so uh yeah thank you for listening guys and to yeah. to call us well thank and you I, for sharing. Not, yeah and i've not been speaking too much about this because it's yeah you know it's taboo it's another person it's connected to my life in some way i don't want to say who it is but it's a person connected to in in the family and uh, it it sucks and i know it's out there so if this story in any way can can help anyone else is is i'm just happy for that and my words i want to say with it for me coping with it is to not doing it alone reach yeah. out reach out reach out and uh, there are places to reach out so there are organizations working with it for free there are people reaching out you can reach out to friends to not share it with you by yourself if a friend is ready to hear it or if you are ready to share it with a friend or you can you can uh, yeah reach out reach out you're always welcome to write to me as well i always read uh, i cannot have the possibility to always how you say interact and help pursue but i encourage you to how you say do your journey to seek help and 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 reach out for there are people ready to listen and 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 support just as people have supported me and just as I said people support other people so i said this to christina in a q and a video we did a couple of weeks ago that i said the scariest thing for me in a relationship like it could be relationship to you stefan or to my mom or christina mm. when the things are unsaid like we when we're not saying the things we're actually feeling Uh, it could mm. be about work. Mm. It could be about private life. It could be about um, finance. Uh, I had a lot of issues in my previous relationship where I was so frustrated uh, or mad even because I had such difficult uh, difficulty getting in money into my life, and that mm. came mm. out in a like the wrong way. But I didn't dare to say that I couldn't afford doing that thing, or I couldn't afford. Uh, yeah, I paid rent and I paid for food and everything, but I couldn't do the extra things. And that was really embarrassing. And instead of saying that, like I'm doing right now, like, yeah, that was fucking embarrassing. I couldn't afford it. Mm. Uh, instead, I just like crippled down and just became this hard man that was not fun to be around, I think. But now sharing it, it's, you know, it's, it feels like such a silly thing. Like, yeah, I couldn't afford it. Sorry. Mm. That's mm. it. It's an artist in Sweden named Peter Jörbeck. He said that, a quote that inspired him a lot is that, because he decided to share his uh, secrets and his inner things to not go and carry all this as a big backpack he said you are as sick as your secrets you are mm. as sick as your secrets and i really love that quote it felt aligned with me that the secrets are making you sick because you have to carry them by yourself but can you let them out you can share them you can carry them together but then it's the problem no i don't want to be away from other people and when i do public speaking i do like this i ask the audience imagine it's like it can be five people or 50 people but i think in my head now when i have audience of like 500 people i say like this hello everybody how many here likes to help other people and then whoop everyone besides one dumb person doesn't know yeah. everyone technically <laughs> does it everyone technically raises their hand and say like, you like to nice like to help other people that's nice and then i ask the question how many in here are good in asking for help. Mm. And then the hands shoof, falls down and maybe one third is still holding the hand. 
And then I say that the people are holding their hands still go to these people because they have been practicing asking for help. They all the rest of you, you are you're already wanting to help people. That's amazing. Keep on doing that. But the rest of you, you need to practice actually asking for help. Because everyone is ready to help you. I think that's especially difficult as a man, actually. I'm only talking on uh, on my own behalf, of course, but as a man, you're supposed to fix things yourself. Like you're supposed to handle mm. things. You're supposed to know how these things works. Or and it's such a like, I have no idea what I'm doing sometimes, and I really have to ask for help. It could be everything mm. from uh, how I edit the movie, or how to communicate with a partner, or how to uh, cut down a tree. You know, opening up and sharing like. I have no idea how to do this or I have no idea how to handle these emotions inside of me. How do I do that? And I think it's so important actually to go after stuff like that and sometimes also talk with just, if you're a female, just talk with women and sit down because you understand each other in the way us men can't. Like, And the same way for us, us men sit down and just talk men to men and being okay with that as well. I think one of the best talks I've ever had, it's not a specific one, but the talks I've had that's been the best in my life has always been in a sauna with other men, Mm. Um, Mm. literally naked and also vulnerably naked, talking about our emotions and just sitting there for hours and hours, no distractions, no phones, no perception of time, just the conversation and being yeah, naked. I agree. I love sauna buffing. I love... uh... Being naked, I like. I like. I love the sense of that in uh, in, uh, in uh, every aspect, and also in the sense of being with uh, yeah, friends, sharing in that sense. So I, I can relate to that. I can relate to that sense of being, yeah, sharing our flaws, sharing our flaws with or without clothes, sharing our flaws, our nakedness, our pureness, our our secrets, and uh, let them out and. Uh, let them disappear. My good friend, Lou, which I've talked about before, the 75-year-old mysterious medical woman, she, she said that uh, in the light, the ghost disappears. When you put the light out, the ghost disappears. And in that sense, meaning when you put the ghost out of you, when you speak it out, it disappears. When you put it in the light, it uses spricker alla spöken, she says in Swedish. Yes. Yeah. Swedish, so yeah, it uses spricker alla spöken. So um, yeah, let it out. Let it out. Let it no. Let it be. That's the frozen. Let it be. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> no. Let it go. Let it go. Let it be. It's Beatles. Oh my god! It makes no. We're doing a. We're doing a mix here now. It's D House. Yeah. Stuff on remix. <laughs> People that want to reach out to you and just want to talk or say hi or say thank you for this conversation. Where can they find you? I would say on Instagram, Stefan Taylor. S T A F F A N T A Y L O R. So Stefan Taylor would say. So please reach out if you listen to this episode. Say hello, and I would. Say hello back. Send a poop emoji. I would send a poop emoji back. <laughs> no, but so, uh, no, but to reach out. <laughs> reach, uh, welcome to reach out. Yeah. So, Stefan Taylor. I've done some episodes on YouTube as well on on my on my own channel. If you want to see some episodes there, and then of course I I recommend to search for Yes Theory as well uh, on the yeah, internet. And totally. With a cool living space, you can search for for cool live stuff, and you will you will find yeah, us. Well. I'll leave so, the, uh, all the links in the description so people can just click away. Thank you so much for coming on to this conversation. I had no preparations. I didn't want to do preparations. I had like, I knew what I wanted to start a conversation with, like you meeting Thomas at, in Stockholm. That was my only starting point. Then we see what doors would open up. So I'm very, very thankful and very happy that you came on.
Thank you so much, Kalle. Thank you to everyone else as well. Thank you guys for listening and love to everyone. Tutti frutti. <laughs> love to everyone. That's a perfect ending. Okay, thank you and bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so very much for listening to My True North. And remember, if you want to support the podcast and keep it going, head over to Patreon by clicking the link in the description. And if you don't have the money for it right now, that's perfectly okay. Focus on your own economy. But the thing you can do that is completely free is share the podcast on an Instagram story. That also helps the podcast a lot. So thank you so much for doing that. And we'll talk soon again. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.